My brother got shot five times and my other friend got shot five times. Whereabouts? Wandsworth Road. So it's a, it's a summer's evening. I remember we're just messing around on, on the estate. We had a foot race. We was having foot races. We're walking to Wandsworth Road now. We're outside the old SW8 uh, bar. We just heard a motorbike revving. You know when you just know. Yeah. But so I'm 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 in front of my brother. So my brother's behind me with my other friend. Dave took all the shots. So the first shots hit him in his Achilles, and it's dropped in. So we're all kind of running. My other pal's been shot in his shoulder. Had his little finger shot off. A few on his back. A couple on his leg. I'm not waiting around. I've run off. I'm hiding. Uh, behind a dustbin at the bottom of this hill but I'm looking up to see what's going on they've actually stopped the bike got off the bike and continued to shoot my brother until it, until it stopped and there was nothing left Welcome to the Eventful Entrepreneur I'm your host Dodge and I'm the founder of Bournemouth Sevens, the world's largest sport and music festival. On this podcast I speak to fascinating people who have all lived eventful lives. If you haven't already, do us a favour, press the follow button and check us out at Dodge Woodall on Instagram, TikTok and YouTube where we've now had over 40 million views. As part of the South London gang G Street, Lewis Clark became a formidable drug dealer and armed robber from a young age. He experienced gang wars, stabbings and even shootings. Following the same path of his dad, Lewis found himself bouncing from Youth Offenders Institute to notorious prisons such as Belmarsh. In 2014 he was imprisoned for a violent armed robbery with none other than his own father as a co-defendant. Lewis is now adapting to the world outside of the prison walls, rebuilding his life and inspiring others to go clean and avoid the two outcomes of gang life, prison or death. This is the eventful life of Mr. Lewis Clark. Lou, welcome to the show, mate. Nice to be here. Thank you. Appreciate it. Mate, it's a pleasure, mate. Absolute pleasure. Let's roll all the way back. Where did you grow up and how did you get into the life of crime? Do you know, I, um, I grew up in Battersea, from, um, obviously from when I was born. I was born in St. Thomas's. So I grew up in Battersea my whole life, um, just off of the Wandsworth Road. And basically, um, obviously, my dad's an old school armed robber. My dad's been in and out of prison my whole life. Um, so when I was growing up, I used to look up to my dad. I used to think my dad's like Superman. I've always get Christmas presents, birthday presents. He'd always look after me. Even if my dad was in prison, he will still be making sure I've got money in my pocket and I've got Christmas presents and that and stuff, you know. So part of me wanted to be like my dad. Mm. And at the same time, the people I was knocking around with, they're doing like robberies or they're selling drugs. So I'm thinking, even if my dad was a straight goer, was I always going to go into that life because mm. of my friends were doing it? So it's something I've always questioned. But um, one thing I would say about my dad, he's always tried to keep me away from crime. Even though he was doing what he's doing, he always used to try and say, Lou, get a trade. Or if one of his pals, can Lou come on a scaffolding site with you um, he was always trying, but I was always going to go down that route, I think. Mm. What sort of age were you when you started going down the naughty route? I say from about 13 to 14 years old. Um, started off with like petty things. I, I've, um, I remember robbing the milk, the milk factory. We've got loads of like milkshakes and like strawberry milkshakes <laughs> and that. Got loads of crates of it, crates of it. And we just shared it with all the little, um, with the boys on the estate. Yeah. Um, Obviously, it's only pay, but things started getting bigger and bigger after that. And that, you know, 
obviously I knew what my dad was about. I knew he's like he's been nicked for Hatton Gardens very many years ago. What Robin and Hatton Garden jewelers? Yeah, probably back in like eighties or something yeah. like that. He went to prison for that. Um a lot of cash in transits. Yeah. And them cash in transits, you just see them everywhere. Like you're just walking down the road, they're filling up the Barclays Bank and it just used to excite me thinking there might be 40 grand in that one or the next one's going to have 20 grand in that one. I used to have sleepless nights thinking about these cash in transits, thinking that's going to be at the petrol station tomorrow filling up. And um, like I said, these things used to excite me. I didn't think about the consequences whatsoever. So um, by the age of 14 and 15 now, me and my older brother started started selling drugs around the Batsy area, Stockwell, Brixton. And we used to do very well. But because we was like the only two white kids and the whole estate was like all all black really. But there's all my powers. We're all really good friends, but we used to stand out, proper stand out. Um, I cringe now, but I look back, but we used to wear really massive gold chains and chops <laughs> and I'll send you some pictures and that. It's so embarrassing and that. Um but he was my older brother was more into selling drugs, whereas I liked robberies. I liked planning things. I liked putting cars over here, bikes over here, knowing which alleyway to run through and stuff like that. Um, I remember my first time, I'll say my first time, but the first time I went to prison, I got three year sentence for a cash in transit robbery. How old were you at that time? Um, I was 18. So they they was uh, it was a mad one. They was filling up the cash machine in Streatham in the train station. But if you remember back in 2005, do you remember when the, uh, the bus bombings and stuff was yeah. going off and the tube yeah. bombings? Yeah. So anyway, I've gone into the train station to take the cash cassette of the, the guard. But as I've gone in there, my Cody's grabbed it. But remember, all the train stations are on high alert with police. So we've looked up, there's armed police already there. But by this time we've got the cash machine, the cash cassette in our hands. We've looked up, I was like, oh my God. So we've had to just start running straight away. So we, we've still got the cassette. We've got about 20 old bill chasing us. I was like, this is on top. My Cody's managed to throw the cassette back at them. We've actually got away from them. We got to uh, the back of Caesars in Streatham where, where the motor was meant to be so we can uh, shoot off. Got back to the motor and my driver wasn't in the car. Oh, He was literally on the opposite side of the road having a piss. Oh, So the keys wasn't in it. I'm being chased on foot now. So we've had to run past this car, got all the way to the end of the road, got away from the police. And then I stood in the middle of the road and I said to my friend, come now, come now in the car. But the police can see me doing this as well. Um, but anyway, another old Bill Van's come behind me. They've nicked me. My drivers just drove straight past me as I'm in handcuffs with my other Cody. We've just looked at each other. I said, listen, we're just going guilty, all right? Oh. My, the driver just drove off. My God. Just like that. What, 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 how old were you when your dad went to prison? Um, I just remember my dad being in prison majority of my childhood. Cause I remember, you know, my mum dragging me on buses, on train journeys to go and see my dad, like either in Brixton, Belmarsh, Wandsworth, all these different prisons. I just remember always going on visits weekly and, um, I kind of got used to it. Kind of got used to it. So you would see you'd go and see your dad. How did you feel at that time going to see your old man knows prison? Was it just the norm for you, or did you get excited, or how, how, how was I, it? I always used to get excited to see my dad because it would always like make something in prison, like to send out for me and my brothers. Like he'll either draw pictures 
or he used to make little mugs and vases and put our names on it and stuff. He even made me a piggy bank, a Garfield one. It is proper. I broke it now, but he made me a wicked little Garfield penny bank, um, penny jar. I think it was in Brixton when he made that. Yeah. And when you were, was 18 the first time you got nicked? No, I got nicked. My first time I got nicked, I was 14 years old. For what? Um, I went to court for this and obviously I got not guilty because it wasn't me. But someone's done my football manager. Um, I don't know who, but apparently I got I got the blame for um, hitting him with something, and it wasn't me. So I went. That's my first ever at fourteen. At fourteen, I went to Ballum Youth Court. Um, someone's hit the football manager in the back of the head. They've had a disagreement, and apparently, he, well, obviously, he phoned the police and said it was me. Mm. And but, it wasn't you. And it wasn't me. So that's my it's GBH case. Did you know who it was? No, I didn't see nothing. Mm. No. What was it? What was it like growing up without a dad and being on a real tough? You're on a tough estate, right? A yeah. real tough estate. I know that area. I, I, I was living in Brixton, so yeah. I know where you, exactly where you were and stuff. What was that like for you? Yeah, so I lived on an estate called uh, Patmore Estate. Yeah, it's just off of the Wandsworth Road, and it's literally one road that separated us to Stockwell. Um, it, it was a tough estate. We used to have like loads of little gang fights with like we call them the other side. It's basically an, um. The Stockwell Park Estate, mm. opposite Stockwell Tube Station. Mm. We started like back in like 2000, but a lot of it used to just be fist fights or hitting each other with sticks. But things started escalating and getting a lot bigger where someone might get stabbed. Mm. Then some someone might get shot. Eventually, my brother even got shot five times. My brother got shot five times and my other friend got shot five times. Whereabouts? One's with Road. So it's a, it's a summer's evening. I remember we were just messing around on, on the estate. We had a foot race. We was having foot races. And how old were you at this time when your brother got shot? 21, okay. 22. But um, he's been shot. So imagine we're walking to Wandsworth Road now. We're outside the old SW8 uh, bar. I think it used to be called the Bell or the Portland yeah. pub uh, years ago. Walking past that, we just heard a motorbike revving. You know when you just know. Yeah. But so I'm 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 in front of my brother. So my brother's behind me with my other friend. But they're a lot bigger than me. They're built. They're like sixteen stone. I'm probably about thirteen stone. Yeah, you're a big, you're a big, you're a big strong lad sitting here. Are they even bigger. They was a lot bigger than me. Okay. So, and how old? How much older were they than you? Couple of years. Okay. So my older brother's two years older than okay. me. So Dave took all the shots. My brother's in these uh, sliders, these flip flops. So the first shots hit him in his Achilles. And it's dropped in. So we're all kind of running. My brother's laughing because he thinks it's fun. Like until he got shot and he yeah. burnt his ankle. Anyway, that's actually dropped him on the top of this hill. Um, all the other boys managed to get away. My other pal's been shot in his shoulder, had his little finger shot off, a few on his back, a couple on his leg. But he's on a pushback. So he's managed to roll down this long hill and then pass out at the bottom of the hill. My brother's been shot in his Achilles. So that one has dropped him straight away. So he's laid out. I, I'm not waiting around. I've run off. I'm hiding uh, behind a dustbin at the bottom of this hill, but I'm looking up to see what's going on. They've actually stopped the bike, got off the bike and continued to shoot my brother until it, until it stopped and there was nothing left. I'm already on the phone to the ambulance. Yeah. And I'm, I thought my brother's dead. Yeah, so sure. I'm, I'm phoning him and said, please, I said in a calm voice, please, can you come and get my brother? He's dead. He's on Wandsworth Road. Put the phone down. Yeah. Run up, covered him up, took his money. I knew the old bill was going to turn up first, so I just moved that to the side. Um, yeah, so the old bills turned up. The first thing they said to me is, are oh, you going to go over there now and shoot one of them? Like, they didn't ask if I'm all right, if I've seen anything. Um, then the ambulances turned up. 
and it's a really it's it's a funny story now because me and my brother laugh about it now but you know they got to cut all your clothes yeah. off and like you completely naked on mm. the road my brother's got like a little growth like near his uh ball sack it looks mm. like a rice crispy mm. <laughs> it looks like a rice crispy <laughs> so my brother's looking at me yeah there's loads of people surrounding us now they're looking but i'm covering up my brother's dignity and they're yeah. trying to like it's like lou it's cold it's cold out here yeah because he's trying to get embarrassed and then he's like everyone's gonna see my rice crispy <laughs> i'm like tell you've been shot for you've been shot five times <laughs> he's worried about that he's worried about everyone seeing his little rice crispy <laughs> on his ball sack <laughs> Oh, so, uh, mate, we we was there. He's been taken away in the ambulance. Um, by this time, I didn't know how bad my other friend was who's been hit. He also got hit five times, but he collapsed right at the bottom and he went to he went to a different hospital. I don't mm. think they was allowed in the same hospital. Mm. I think they both spent a week in the hospital each. But I remember my brother just wanted to come home the same night. He's walking, he's, he's been shot. He had to keep one of the shells in his back because it was uh, really close to his spine. It was lodged mm. really close. So that's been left. And he's where he's got shot in his ankle, he's got the meanest walk now. Mm. That is the real hot stepper. He's got like <laughs> he's got if you see his bop, he's got to him he's now, mate. To. He's the real hot stepper. <laughs> what what drugs were you selling back then? And what sort of quantities? I'll be honest, I've never been into selling hard drugs, uh like brown and crack. I was more into cannabis and stuff, and I used to go through a lot of boxes a week. And a box is what? A kilo. A kilo, a kilo yeah, yeah. So what, I, just middleman flipping on? Yeah, so I'd sell little bits, big bits, and I used to absolutely love it. I remember on one occasion, I remember when Lord of the Rings trilogy come out. It was about six hours long, eight hours long. I was there. I watched all three, still bagging up, mm. uh, still bagging up cannabis and that, having a great time. I used to have so much wrapped around me that we used to find ounces underneath our settees and stuff like that. And it was so old, it grew fur on it. One of them, one of the ounces had fur all ground on the cannabis. I'm pretty sure I managed to sell it as well. <laughs> so were you, were you serving up gear while at school in your 60s? I want to get yeah. back a little bit lower here, like 14, 15, 16. As a 14 and 15 year old, I was on my pedal bike 24 seven. Yeah. Like this is little 10 pound and 20 pound drawers, yeah. but I promise you they add up. Yeah. Like, like sometimes I'd make a grand a day just selling 20 pound drawers yeah. on the estate and a bit further out Stockwell and Brixton mm. and even going up towards Clapham Junction. I used to have, I used to have the whole of the area, me and my own brother, where he'd just throw me, yeah, Lou, so-and-so, two eight balls. I'd have to drive up, ride up there on my push bike. Yeah. And it's, it's not until I got to 16, I bought myself a little moped. Mm. I didn't buy it, sorry, I'm lying. My dad bought me a moped for Did my they? 16th birthday. And he was in, he was in prison at the time. Yeah. Where was he at the time? It might have been in Coldingley. He was doing a ten and a half years for um, armed robbery. What of a bank? Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I think it was. You know, he got ten and a half years for it. Now. Where's your old man now? My dad's still in prison. He's waiting for a parole answer, but um, he's done everything right. He's done Grendon, which is like a that's the that's the brutal, oh, mate, that's brutal, brutal one, isn't mate. it? There's yeah. some proper wrongs yeah. in there. So um, he's done everything right. He's just waiting for a parole answer now. And um, do you know what? From when you can survive Grendon, yeah, being around all them beasts, like you got yeah. rapists in there, you got horrible, loads man. of sexual predators, yeah. murderers, yeah, loads of armed robbers. Why is he in there? Did he choose to go in there? Because we've had some people on the podcast. Terry Ellis has been on the podcast who actually chose to go to Grendon, yeah, to I, push boundaries to actually see how long he can last in there. Yeah, yeah, I know that name. Yeah, mm. um, it's something he had to do. He's a lifer, and. Um, him doing that just shows them he can he can get through it and that you know and he's actually in decat now. 
So when's the last time you've, when's the last time your old man's been out of prison? He was out for about a year back in 2011 and 12, a year and a half, two years maybe. And you spent a year with him? Yeah, my dad was actually my codee on, on, on this last robbery case. So you did a robbery with your old man yeah. in 2011? Yeah, 2013, beginning. How Isn't old it? were you then? 27. Okay. 27. Oh, well, let's get to that because I'm still intrigued to this younger age. So you're going around, going going around the estates, da-da-da, serving up little bits, little bits. That grew. When was it the bit when you were starting buying ounces yourself and saying, oh, you know what, I want to take control of this and start earning bigger money? Mate, I, d I don't even start from ounces. I went straight to boxes, straight to, straight to kids. people. Obviously, I had, I had a good name. My family's got a good name. So we used to, I used to get a lot of it dropped on me. And um, obviously, I just push it out to other people and stuff. And take your car? Yeah, and take my car. And what sort of money do you reckon you were earning around that 17, 18, 19, 20 year By old? By the time I was like 16, 17, I had 100 grand to my name uh, as a kid. Buying, in cash? Yeah, in cash. I lost a lot of it as well, also on different things. Go on. Uh, which I don't really want to talk about the things what I've lost out on, but even like if I give someone yeah, is two kilos I'll see you next and what's week the equivalent the of two kilos in a pound note how oh, much back then it used to be like 34 like 3,400 for a box like yeah, okay. it'd be back then I'd probably be paying 28s okay so you're only 600 quid each time you flip yeah. one on okay or if I want to just do the whole box into the, like drawers you're going to double back your money on it yeah. and like, drawers are the little 20 quid little 20 quid 10 yeah. pound drawers yeah. but you got more red ink then you got more people to go and feed you got a bit more red yeah, yeah. What was it like for you knowing you're bringing all this cash in, you're on the estate, you're a face, your cred was getting bigger and bigger. What about people from other estates looking in at you going, I want a piece of his money. I want to go and rob him. Did anyone try to rob you? Yes, they did. But it did not happen. Mm. We was <laughs> we was always known for dogs. Like seeing South London around Battersea and that, we started – this whole dog thing, everyone getting dogs and pit bulls and oh, right, okay, yeah, mastiffs. Yeah. Um, so I'd, I've had a few people like try to rob me growing up and um, it wasn't a great day at the office for them, to be honest. Yeah. No, it wasn't a good turnout for them. Yeah. And did you ever have the fear that you were sleeping? Were you sleeping at night going, right, I'm sitting on all this weed. I'm sitting on a load of cash. Okay, I've got my family around me. I've got my boys around me. I've got my dogs around me. Did you ever get the fear that when you're kipping at night that someone's just going to come in and put one through your head? Not when I was a kid. Now I do. Okay. When I was a kid, um, I, I don't think about consequences where now I've grown up quite a lot. And even my being in prison, I've the, the courses I've been on and stuff have made me think about my consequences more, you know. So when you were going back to that, when you were laying there with all that money, what was your weapon of choice? It'd be something. Like what? I had, I had, a, had a few things around me. What sort of, what sort of weapons did you have around you at that time? Back then, you know, you know what sort of weapons they'd be about. They'd be about, they'd be about if needed. Guns. Yeah, they'd be about if needed. Knives, baseball bats. Yeah, dusters. They're always handy, I suppose. What's what was going on back then? Because you were just you. Just, I started seeing knife crime really rise up massively in the early two thousands. Mm. And I was living in Brixton. And I was thinking, I was seeing more and more old bill going around. I was seeing more knife crime. You were growing up with this. How did it feel to be carrying a knife around, knowing that it's in your back, in your pocket, you're ready to use that? If if you're going out with a knife, you're going to be ready to use that. Was that your attitude? Do you know what's crazy? I never used to carry a knife out with me. No. I never. No, I'm, I've been stabbed myself. 
I've been stabbed myself. My brother's been stabbed five times as well and shot five times and he's still breathing somehow, but I never used to carry knives. If something happened, then I'd go back over, but I wouldn't, because I know if I've got a knife in my pocket and you get in trouble, you're more than likely going to yeah. use it. So I would not carry one for that purpose. Yeah. Would you ever carry a gun around with you? Back then, yeah. maybe, yeah. And yeah. did you feel, did you feel that if you got it on you, you're going to have to use it? Would you be prepared to use I, I it? I wouldn't. Literally, I wouldn't have it on me, but I have it local. Okay, they'd be local, like they, on our estate. We used to like leave them in blocks and stuff, yeah. and I'd be like, it's, "It's it's there if you need it," or one of the boys, "It's there if you need it," because there there's a lot of gang activity, and um, as you know, Brixton's got one of the biggest gangs in in England. Um, PDC, they're yeah. one of the biggest gangs. Um, then you got our our gang from Wandsworth Road, which back then was called like Old Tray One or G Street. Um, it's a bit cringe to look at now. I look at some of the old music videos that I was in and it's absolutely <laughs> embarrassing. Um, little skinny fella, like the, the big baggy tracksuits on and stuff. It's so yeah. embarrassing. Do you think people knew in the streets, you're going around the streets going, JD Sports, enjoying life, living the high life, you got a pound note. Was there times when you were thinking, do I really need to be doing this? Was there times you were thinking, I didn't care? Like I said, I didn't think about a like what could possibly happen and stuff it's not until like you have kids and stuff and that burns how old are you today Lou? i'm 36 now 36 and when did you first go to prison what age so i went to prison when i was 18 years old uh for the uh, cash and transit robbery in streatham how long did you get I've for got, that i got three years do 18 months and then um when you got when you got there and you were in the dock and they went lewis You've got a free year. How did you feel? Back then, it was it was kind of cool to go to Feltham. Like, all the boys, as soon as I got on the induction wing, all my friends were on the induction wing, like, waiting for me. So I got a good welcome and stuff. And even when you when I come out of prison, it's like I got even more more known. More kudos when you come yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. So I've done 18 months, went to Feltham. And, and explain, um, to, explain to the listeners here what Feltham's about. So Feltham's uh, a juvenile prison. So it's like for under 21s. So you can imagine all the little shitheads in there. Yeah. Like, I'll be honest with you, I've never been a bully. Mm. In, in Even though I was involved with gang stuff and stuff, I've never been a bully, you know. I've actually got on with everyone. Yeah. But if I'm there and something actually happens, I'm going to be involved. But I wouldn't go looking for people, mm. you know. So I actually got on all right and felt I had a Actually, I had a fight the third day I was there with a fellow over the, over the pool table. Mm. <laughs> I feel, I feel I used to get tested quite a lot because I was the only white the white kid who didn't yeah. have it sort of thing. So I feel like I used to get tested quite a lot. But I know you can handle yourself. Yeah, like the thing is, I, I don't mind fighting. I, don't, I really don't mind fighting growing up. I was actually pretty good at it. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> so so in Feltham, what was day-to-day -day life like? Yeah, so um, sometimes in the mornings they might, they might take you education or they, you can get a, a job on a wing, like a wing cleaner, cleaning the landings and swiping down the sides. Or you can get a survey job, serving the boys the food and stuff like that. Um, I wasn't in Felton for long. I was in there for three months because it's only like a remand sort of prison so they move you to a more permanent one. So I was just a landing cleaner, cleaning mm. the landings. But from there, I went to uh, Portland, which was quite a rough rough prison for like an 18-year-old. And this is an adult's prison, right? No, Portland, still, it's still the under 21s. Uh, Portland, it's mixed now. Okay. Yeah, it's mixed. You've okay. got adults and that in there. But back then, it was just juvenile. Yeah. And it was absolute chaos. There was like kids getting cut on the landings. Um, I remember I was in education 
and some fella threw a bit of paper in my head. I don't know him. He threw a bit of paper in my head. I laugh now, but we had a fight over that. And he uh, he stabbed me with a pencil. And then we had a fight on um, the walkway, walking back to um, the wings it's called Free Flow. Then what we, we both went to the block. It was only in there for a couple of days. Then we got put back on the wing. And you know, that's crazy. They put the same fella on the wing with me, two doors down. Why, and, do, why would they do that? And you know, respect to him though, he come to my cell and he's like, oh, you're, you're, you're a good fighter, Irish fella. He's like, you're yeah. a good fighter. And we become friends. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> we, be, we actually become friends yeah. after that. Yeah. Yeah. What was, what, explain to me what the block was like. Oh, be honest, the block's hard times, man. It's just, you've got your mattress on the floor, no, no TV or stereo. Um, you can, like, sometimes they might push a little magazine through your door or a book. But to be honest, I'm not even that great at reading. So I'd read a whole book and couldn't tell you what just happened in that book. Mm. So that was, yeah, just three days. So I just started exercising, training. I was really involved with um, workouts back then. Yeah. And when you say in the block there, you've got duvet and stuff, or it's just literally just four walls, no, you, yeah, isn't you, it? Just your four walls, your mattress, you've got your duvet and um, one of them blooming rock solid pillows. Yeah. We can knock someone out with. Yeah. <laughs> Mate. <laughs> what sort of weapons were being made in the prison? So they used to like have like toothbrushes mm. and uh, uh, the prisons used to issue us with razors, like to um, whatever, but people used to crack the razors open and they would melt, melt the um, razor into the to the end of the toothbrush so you can strike people with it. And they're naughty. They, they proper yeah. like open you up. Mm. So when, when you come out of there, what were you thinking? Were you thinking, I'm in here. I know I'm going to be doing 18 months. I know everyone in here. I've yeah. become a face in here at the age. You, you come out and you've got more kudos because you've gone, right, okay, I've come out of Feltham. That was easy. What's next? Did you go straight back in serving up drugs again? I did. So I'll come home and obviously, you know, you do um, 18 months in prison, 18 month license, uh, like under probation. Yeah. So they're following you. So they, what, on a tag? They so, tagged you? No, not a tag. So they, you just pop in and see them once a week just to let them know how you're getting on the stuff. Um, see who? Pop in and see probation. who? Your probation officer. Okay. Um, it took me about a month to get back into it. I started serving up uh, cannabis again. But I didn't know by this time, they was already on me, they was watching me. So when I'm at my house, I was bagging up my pals, throwing me, he's like, Lou, I want a two and a Q. Um, it's two ounces and a, yeah. And a Q, yeah. So yeah. he's got, I see a cool pop round. I've got a gated house, so I've got a gate and then I've got my door. Mm. But the police are parked up in an undercover car and they're watching my house. So as I've passed the gear through, He's took it wherever I've gone. I've gone back in my house, but they're recording it. Yeah. Anyway, he's been stopped around the corner with that with the cannabis on him. But as he's been stopped, my uncle's phoned me and said, Lou, your little pal's been nicked outside the house. I don't know what he's been nicked for. Obviously, I know. I've packed up the rest of my gear and my duffel bags. I've managed to get out my back door and get away. As I've got away, literally five minutes after, remember, you've got to wait so a warrant so they can search the house. Yeah. They've got their warrant within five minutes. Yeah. I've gone with the gear. Yeah. Um, searched the house, found nothing. But obviously, they got me on camera, passing it over. So I've gone guilty to it straight away. Um, I've got 10 months in prison for that. And my friend who I gave the gear to got a £70 fine. You're joking. I swear to God. You're joking, He got mate. a £70 fine. I've got 10 months in prison Jeez. for supplying. He got possession. I got supplying. Supplying. Yeah. So you say you got 10 months. Is that Did they uh, 10 months actually do or did you do five months? I've done 10 months because I was still on license for the, for oh, the robbery. Okay. And where did you go? What prison did you go to then? Uh, I went to Wandsworth from there. Yeah. But why I was in Wandsworth, I don't want to go too deep into this one, but why I was in Wandsworth, I actually got charged with something else. 
which was a lot more, a lot. So from, from Wandsworth, I went straight to Belmarsh. So you were in Wandsworth and you got charged for doing something while you were in Wandsworth or charged for something, something else outside? Something previous, yeah. And so what was that? It's, it's a big, I don't want to go into detail about it, but it's a big case. I ended up in Belmarsh for 18 months on remand. Obviously got a not guilty. Um, and mate, I, I, went, I was 15 stone by then. After that case, imagine being like on, on, on trial for this big thing, come out 10 stone. Really? Because I was so stressed and I looked like I was smoking crack or something. Yeah. I come out 10 stone. Thankfully, the jury made the right decision on that. But um, is this something I don't really want to go into okay. detail about? Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. So you come out of Belmarsh. What was Belmarsh like compared to Wandsworth? Do you know what's crazy? I know it's bad, but I get on in any prison I go. Like, I get on with absolutely everyone. I talk. If you look at me, I'm going to say hello. Yeah. I say hello to absolutely everyone. So you got, uh, like, Belmarsh is run by Muslims. I'll say that right now. That all the prison systems right now in the UK, I say the Muslims. Is that right? Yeah, I'd say that. I say that. I don't know how to take whoever's watching this. I don't know how to take offence, but it's like the Muslims. They all stick together in prison, whereas we we're, we're all like single sort of people. Yeah. Like if you ever fight with one Muslim, then you say no, that's one of my brothers. You can't you can't fight him. Yeah. Like I was in Belmarsh with a fella, Irish fella. I shouldn't be smiling, but he's not a bully yet. But he don't have a bar of it. Like he was fighting with absolutely every single was one he? of them. Every single prison he went to. Every day. Didn't care. Every day. And the thing is, he was so polite. I had, he was my soulmate for a bit. And he was so polite, but he just wouldn't take no shit from no one. Okay. And this guy was snapping people's jaws, snapping the screws jaws and stuff. What was he in for? I think he's in for murder as well. Right, I think okay. yeah, I think he's in for a big one. But he's home now. He's home now. He's home now. And he's the most humble person ever. But he just didn't have a bar. When you it. say it's run by Muslims, what do you actually mean? Is that is that if you go to prison, the Muslims are like, are saying we want you to come over to our side, or what? How, how does it work? Now you get a few people saying you should convert in that, but I, actually, I get like I said, I get on with everyone, but it's like they all stick together, like they're like they're like a proper unit family, and yeah. like they've got each other's backs. Yeah. Mm. Did you have a little firm in there? We got at your back. I was all right because I had six of my friends from my estate. Also, my wing with uh, for big gun charges and stuff. Like there was uh, my pal got nicked for a, a Mac Ten and a four five and about hundred rounds. A Mac Ten, what machine gun? Yeah, machine gun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what did he get nicked for there? He got he only got he got I think he got nine and a half for that. He got nine and a half years for on that. a robbery or just in possession? Yeah, no, just in possession. Yeah. But now I think if you get nicked with a Mac Ten alone, you're probably going to get a ten, and that's probably with a guilty plea. But back then is a bit lesser. Now it's getting a lot more harsher. Getting nicked with things like machine guns. Yeah. Yeah. Have you noticed over the years, so you were in Belmarsh, how old were you when you come out of Belmarsh? 23. 23. And what was your mindset when you come out of Belmarsh, straight back at it again? Um, not really. I kind of slowed it down. I, I slowly got back into it and stuff, but I started looking more at the robberies than selling drugs. And um, I slowly started come on, coming away from the gang sort of stuff. And um, even though I still loved all my friends, I was kind of like going in my own little direction now. Yeah, yeah. Did you have a mentor? No. Did you have anyone who was like, if you're going to do robberies, this is how you do it, or were you just working it all out yourself? Obviously, I used to speak with my dad a lot, and my dad always used to try and divert me from robberies and stuff. But you got to think, like, if you're going to, if you're going to do something with your dad, then you know there's no grassing going on. You know, you're like, yeah. you've got each other's back. And my dad couldn't stop me from doing it with other people anyway, you know? Mm. If he said to you, Lou, I don't want you to do this and do that, I don't sell drugs. I don't sell, uh, do any robberies. Do would you listen to him? 
He used to say all of that growing up. Okay. My dad used to make so many phone calls to try and get me on different jobs, like scaffolding, bricklaying. Yeah. He used to work his bollocks off trying to get me work, and yeah. it just wasn't happening. You got to think like, like if you're not working a nine to five, mum or dad, yeah. Like nothing against them because I love them loads. Yeah. Why am I? I'm not gonna go and do that, am I? Like. I should be following your footsteps, mm. but you're not leading by example. You're not doing a nine to five. Mm. So you can't be telling me, go get a trade and you're not doing a trade. Mm. You know, yeah, I get it. So you come out of Belmarsh at the age of 23. What was your next steps? Next steps. I think I was just chilling for a bit. I still had a couple of quid. So I was, I was just chilling, working things out. You say you had a couple of quid, but you said you had a hundred grand at, at one point. Where did the hundred G's go? Because if you've got hundred G's cash, I know it can go because you're flipping drugs and you're, and you're flipping that and you might lose that. You also lose it. Yeah. You also lose things in safe houses. Yeah. Or lunch, like your little lorry's gone missing or whatever. Yeah. You're, yeah. Or the trolley's messed up, whatever. Yeah. The trolley's messed up. What do you mean by that? Just like whatever money you put on for the trolley. For it to come over or something. Okay, okay, okay. So you're investing in it, ain't coming back. Yeah, so you might you might lose 20 quid there. Yeah, 20 grand like there. Yeah. Okay, okay. So when you come out come out of Belmarsh, you said, right, I want to I want to stop selling drugs. I want to go down the route of robberies. Mm, I wasn't so much obsessed with them at that point. I wasn't really thinking of them like that because um, I just started, I started drinking as well a lot. Then you know, mm. I've got with I've got with uh, my daughter's mother around about then as well. She's driving me mental. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I slowed things down a lot. I didn't do that for a couple of years. I was just chilling out. You were know? you using as well when you were serving up? Were you using? You getting stoned? I'm, or do you stay away from? I'm it against all? drugs. I'm against drugs. I don't smoke. Don't smoke. Don't do any cocaine. Don't, don't nothing. I've tried cocaine when I was 17 years old, and I've never touched it ever again. I remember wow. I was in uh, Hammersmith Palais. Yeah. I used to throw parties in the Hammersmith Palais. Massive club, yeah. 2,700. I remember his, uh, yeah. Soul Solid crew was there. That now, I don't know why I even done it. I went there with a blimmin' Chelsea top on and everything. <laughs> like, so a bloody rave in a Chelsea yeah. top. Yeah. <laughs> Soul Solid crew, they're all from uh, Battersea, Battersea as well, aren't they? Yeah. Was it Romeo and... Mega Man. Mega Man, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, where are they these days? Um, I ain't seen Mega Man for a little while, you know. Um, I'm quite good, uh, good friends with his uh, younger brother, but I ain't seen none of them in a little while. Mm. So you come out, you started started doing robberies. When you're doing robberies, you go in there with a what, what was your what was you going there with a gun to go and rob banks or go yeah, in yeah. vans or what was your you choice? Do, you, you do vans or banks, whatever you've lined up in it, whatever whatever takes your fancy, looks easy to do in that, you know. What was more dangerous? What was more dangerous going to a bank? Because now I've had many bank robbers on here but they were doing it at a time but there was no cctv they were doing it at a time when the surveillance wasn't as good mm. as it is today doing a bank must be super, much more risky than going doing a, a van right yeah because you've got to put your face on showing that because yeah. the minute you walk into a bank with a balaclava on they're gonna push the button so yeah you you're not gonna have much time to get to get any dough and that i'll be honest i've never i've never gone in a bank and and done something mm. so uh a van a lot easier for you yeah, so the one that I actually got the seventeen years for, um, he was filling up a cash machine. In. Hold on, you got you got seventeen years for? I got seventeen years for one year for an armed robbery. God, when was this? This was two thousand and thirteen, February, February two thousand and thirteen. Um, done a cash and transit robbery, got forty five grand. Um, so basically, they're filling up the. the Where cash. were you? I'm in Epsom. Okay, Tattenham Corner. And was this all pre-planned to go right? Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Okay, I've all worked out everything, yeah. little routes and stuff. Um, 
it's just a bit of a mad one. So two weeks before the robbery took place, the geezer doing the cash delivery, he was about five foot tall. So I was thinking this is going to be Parker. Like this is, this is sweet. So anyway, lined up the cars that day. That's two weeks before. Gone there the day of the robbery now, sitting in the motor waiting for him to get out on the, on his last run so I can take the cassette. This geezer's got out the van. He's about 20 stone. That was a big lump. Oh, I was <laughs> like, ah, uh, I, I couldn't believe it. I just looked at my Cody. I was like, yeah, this is a bit mad. But um, I've got a, I've got a gun on me. So I was thinking, cool, I'm just going to stick this to him. He's going to be scared. They're insured for the money. So he's just going to hand it over. over. Yeah. I got out the motor now. Stuck the gun to him. This geezer's fucking swung a punch for me. I've, I've rolled it. Because I was doing boxing at the time. Yeah. So it, it, for me, a natural thing was to roll it. And I've uppercutted him. And then I've bucked him about seven times with a gun. But you know when you've got tunnel vision and you're panicking? Yeah. You don't realize how many times you've hit someone. So I've actually knocked this geezer out. He's fallen on top of the money. I've had to do a deadlift to get him off the money. And then pull the cassette. So I've got the money now. I've got back in the motor, driving off. Then Blimmin' McCody's looked at me and said, Blimmin' hell, you almost done ya. Like he, <laughs> he found it funny, drove off, got in the second car, got away, everything's fine. Um, three days later, the house has gone through. What, the old bill around your the, house? Yeah, the old bill's gone through because two weeks before the robbery took place, they're saying that my car was seen in convoy with the car that was used on an AMPR camera. Right. Five miles from the area of the robbery. Right. Um, so that's what made them raid the house found nothing no money found no guns no dna none of that anyways open investigation from that they started putting surveillance on me following me around coming to my gym um putting trackers on my car to see where i'm going they actually followed me to bista village yeah so it's, yeah it's a sh yeah. shopping center yeah um so i went there because i've got my daughter's ball now um when i bought my daughter some stuff and my missus at the time she had a little boy bought him some bits and pieces from ralph I think I spent like 1,200 quid. It yeah. wasn't crazy money. I spent 1,200 quid on them. Anyway, they followed me there. They took pictures of me buying clothes and they're saying I was using 20 pound notes and they say that come from the robbery. Mm. So they've got that bit of circumstantial evidence. Means nothing. Cool, you got me going shopping. Uh, the other bit was I got previous for cash in transit. My dad's an old school arm robber. He's just finished the 10 and a half years for cash in transit. It's kind of making sense to them. They're kind of building up a case with loads of little circumstantial yeah. bits of evidence the day of the robbery they got my cell site in a five mile radius of the area so you can't pinpoint me to the area but you can say i'm in a five mile radius of the area they've got that from that we've gone on trial but i'm thinking i'm going home that you can't convict me of that they have found no they haven't found a gun mm. they found no money they found no dna in the car that was used and you don't know what color the arm robber was yeah you said he was tall and slim. Mm. Although you don't know what color he was, you think he was white. Mm. That's not good enough. Yeah. You think. So I'm thinking, I, I can fight this case. Mm. Anyway, I, when the jury's coming that day, I've looked at him. I thought, oh, you look like an horrible lot, man. Yeah. I just knew they are going to give me a guilty. Yeah. So yeah, run it trial. And I've got a guilty. Ended up with um, nine years for the gun. Uh, 16 years for um, for the robbery to run concurrent so i've got uh 16 years and then i've got an extra year on top for the money so i ended up with 17 years altogether Bloody so hell. 17 years do eight and a half at what age were you here 27 27 years old and how old was your little one? 
oh man, break, broke my heart. She was two years old. She's 11 years old now. She actually goes secondary school now. Great little girl, man. But I, met, I remember like, see on the first visit we had in uh, H&P High Down, 2013, uh, my daughter's mother brought her up to see me. All fun and games. Daddy, daddy picked her up. You know, you get like hour and a half visit. Yeah. I remember on the way out, my daughter's not understanding. She's two years old. She's looking at me. She's like, you come home now, daddy. You come home. You come home now, daddy. Oh, like, man. and them, them words have stayed with me my whole, the whole of my sentence. And them words are like one of the reasons why I'm done. Yeah. Like, I'm tired. Like, my, my daughter's everything, man. What's her name? Hallie. Lovely. Hallie, little Hallie, man. So, yeah, them words have stayed with me a long time and I'm trying to do something different now. Now it's clicked. Yeah. Now it's clicked. I've got a big, big sentence. Them words have just made everything click in my head. What have you done? Don't ever do that again to her. And I've come home now after eight and a half years, trying to be the best that I can be, seeing her as much as I can, picking her up from school. It's been hard because there's been certain times like we do bus rides together and I look at her and I don't know what to say. Like, yeah. you know, like it's a bit of an awkward silence sometimes, but our relationship's getting a lot better. Like she phoned me last night, we doing dad and just you, even her just messaging me saying, what are you up to? Or Amazing, mate. It just makes my day. So yeah. I've done eight and a half years. So you've done eight and a half years for that one robbery? Yeah. My God. How many, did you ever think, I know you chatted a minute ago, you go, oh, I never thought about consequences, consequences. You must have thought, if I do get nicked, I'm roughly going to get a certain amount of years. You yeah. must have had that in your head. I always always used to calculate things. Like, you know, like how, how the robbery's gone. So from that, I was thinking, I'm going to get a 10-year sentence being the worst. Yeah. So I was comparing with other people yeah. who's been nicked for similar things, and they was all getting like 10s and 12, one of them got. So I'm thinking, cool, I, I can do three years in a C-cat and go D-cat after two years. So you had that in your mind, you're going, okay, I'm happy to get, I'm happy yeah. to get five years for 45 grand. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't happy because I know I could have worked in Asda's for eight years and, and got that money now, you know? Mm. It's, it's pretty embarrassing when you look at it like that. But if you're getting 40 grand every other week mm. from doing them. Until you get Then nicked. you're laughing. Yeah, until you get nicked, you know? isn't it? Yeah. So I've done eight and a half years. I've done my first three years in high down. Which what, was, what was that like? It was all right. I enjoyed it. I was the gym orderly. So I used to steal all my, I'd, I'd about... All my pals were in there. So it's absolutely, I had loads of friends in there. We used to come and see each other down the gym. I get gym every single day. And then from there, because it was a B cat. Yeah. Um, so from there, I had to wait till I get my C cat. So it took me three years to get a C cat. From there, I went to Coldenly for a year, which was decent. But when I got there, it was, everyone was just partying off their nuts. Like taking MDMA, they were, they, everyone was having vodka. In the, in the, in the C cat? Oh my God. <laughs> It was absolutely mental. Is it rife? Are drugs rife in prisons? Prison is a goldmine for drugs. Pri see, even tobacco. You mm. know, an ounce of tobacco outside here. Mm. Was it 20 quid? Mm. What do you think you're paying for an ounce in prison for tobacco? <laughs> Couldn't tell you. 250 quid? 400 pounds? You're joking. For an man. ounce. Remember, it's a non-smoking thing. Yeah. Prisons now. 250 quid, 400 oh, yeah. quid for an ounce of tobacco. But you've got to think now, if you break that down into little 50 pound bits, yeah, you're going to make about yeah, 50, uh, 500 quid, yeah, maybe yeah, 600 yeah. quid. You're laughing. Who's bringing, who's bringing in all the gear at the prisons? How the, how's the gear getting in? You're either getting throwers, you're getting screws, um, visits. It just comes in at all angles, man. Everyone's greedy as hell. Everyone's Even, at it, are they? Everyone's at it. Yeah. 
Are the screws the easiest way to bring in? Bring in? You say throw overs. Yeah, okay, what are you going to do? Someone's going to throw over an ounce or something. It's risky, though. It's risky. Someone else is going to sweep it up. That's mine. And then you end up having a tear up going, that's uh, actually mine. And that's how that's what happens sometimes. Right. I remember one pass will come over on the yard and everyone, uh, a screw's come out in the yard because they've seen it on cameras and everyone's kicking a pass <laughs> around to each other and that. <laughs> But it, I remember it come near me. I didn't touch it. though. I didn't want to know. Yeah. Yeah. What sort of drugs were in the prisons? Um, it'd be mainly weed. Like be the, the youngsters would be smoking their cannabis. Um, there'd be, what, I can't remember these little tablets people was getting. But they was fucking making proper money from them and that, you mm. know? What, what's, what are the other drugs they're talking about? The spice? Oh, spice. I've, seen, is, I've seen two people die in prison from what it. What actually is Spice. Like what sort of effects I, I, they getting? I keep hearing about it. Do you know what? It was people in prison are walking around like zombies. Yeah. I remember I was in HMP only. The fella died from spice. He was mm. smoking it. And from that, he's just walking around and wing like a zombie's gone over, smashed his head. He's dead. Yeah. He's dead. Yeah, that was right in front of me. Um, all the other kids like they're just proper monged out, like can't do nothing. And then you get all the other little youngsters taking pictures of them on their phones posting them up on instagram i never done that personally i've never tried spice i've never embarrassed people and took pictures of them taking it yeah. and stuff because people's families are going to be watching yeah. and then they're probably worried enough as it is yeah. them being in prison you know but the spice is mental i don't even know what the stuff is i heard it was like fish tranquilizer or something i've already saying mad i don't even got a clue what spice but is. you know what started happening it was it looked like uh cannabis to begin with yeah and they've turned it into a liquid now right what, so you were originally smoking it? Yeah, so, you're, yeah, so okay. you was originally smoking it, but you've, people have turned it into a liquid now. Um, they're putting pieces of paper in the liquid, so they're soaking paper in the liquid. Yeah. And then they're tearing the paper tearing up paper. and then smoking okay. the paper in, in a roll-up. <laughs> Mate, it's, it's, it's sad. I've seen a couple of people die from it in, in prison. It sounds mad, right? It sounds like, you know, I'm, I'm here talking to you and you're going, yeah, I'm in, I've got five years. I'm in there with all my mates. Everyone's getting stoned. Everyone's getting pissed. Everyone's got mobile phones. Are, they, are, the, tis, are the prisons as tough as they're made out to be when you haven't been to prison? Or are you there going, you know, this is like a holiday camp with my pals. No. What, 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 give you me get, the vibe. You, like. you, listen, you, you do get your days. Yeah. You get your proper down days when... There, there would be days when I'd go to bed, I think, I don't even want to wake up ever again. Yeah. Like, I don't want to wake up in the morning ever again. That's me, I'm done. And then you get your other days, like, have a little laugh with the boys in the yard doing workouts. Like, I got through my prison sentence by doing workouts. Yeah. Keep your mind strong. Keep my mind strong. Mm. And do you know what? I used to train other people on the wing, and, and that used to really keep me busy. And knowing I'm helping someone was, it was making me feel better about myself mm. as well, you know? But... I'll say something. Everyone, everyone has really shitty days in prison, and that is why it is hard. People do miss their family. Um, at the same time, I know this sounds crazy, but sometimes I feel I need a, a little break and go back to prison for like just for a quick six months, just to re-energize and come back out again. Hold on, hold on. You've been out for nine months. Yeah, and, and you're saying you want to go back and re-energize in prison for another six months. Yeah, it, it sounds crazy to say, but it's so overwhelming outside. Like, don't get me wrong, I love it, but I'm I'm struggling. Oh, I, I okay. am I am struggling being out. And I said I said this to my family. I feel like I need a quick six months just to re-energize and get my head straight again. But and then like they're like, Lou, think about it. you're saying you need to go back to prison to re-energize to come back out. Um, I'm getting help. Yeah, I'm I'm getting help. I do. Uh, it's a CB uh, D course I do like for PTSD and all that sort of stuff. 
So I'll go there every Monday at the moment. So that's, it's been helping, but I just need to not overwhelm myself yeah. with too many things to do. Do you think, do you think since you come out, you've done eight and a half, really you went in there as a, as a young man, right? You come out and done eight and a half. When you come out, is it literally a massive shock? What's going on out here? Like we oh, were chatting earlier about you start, you're still trying to learn how to use your phone and still learning email to do an email and receive an email and stuff. Mm. Like even to, I remember I come home when I come home after eight and a half years, I got to Wandsworth Road and Vauxhall and Nine Elms. I was thinking, where have these buildings even come from? Yeah. They got tube stations. They got Nine Elms tube station, Battersea Power Station tube station. They've done all this within eight years. I got I had tears in my eyes. It's like how I don't understand how has this even happened mm. what's your day-to-day -day like at the moment now you're out um so I'm a qualified I've qualified PT since I come out so I've done my level three since yeah, I've been out um good, good for you mate yeah so I, that's my first like qualification so I'm over the moon about that um so I'll, I'll take on a couple clients yeah I've only got a couple at the minute because I like I said I don't want to overwhelm myself and do too much at once because I will I will start going back downhill um Day to day, my daughter's back at school now, so I pick her up school, from school twice a week. And I go to her, there's a boxing gym in Battersea called Carney's Community. Yeah. It's a wicked, they do wicked stuff for the kids there. Take boxing training, they all get to eat food thereafter. And there's a fellow called George, George there, Turner. He, he's kind of like a men mentor role yeah. now, because I go there and I go and see him, have a little sit down and see what we can come up with. So I'll go down there a couple of times a week and I've actually got a missus as well. So Lovely. go and see her whenever I can. So when you come out, like you've come out, every time you've come out, you've normally gone, right, I need to earn a pound note. I'm going to earn a quick pound note. Not 40 bags time. here, 50 bags here. You've come out and gone, you know what? I'm done. My little daughter's words are going to stick with me for the rest of my life. I ain't going back to any crime. I'm not going back to any naughtiness. How hard is that for you when you're trying to make ends meet? It's It's, it's been hard, like... There's been certain times that like, I've been invited out for like dinner and stuff and I'm embarrassed to say, do you know what? I haven't got the money to come, mate. And um, I, I just make an excuse. Oh, I've got to do this today. I can't even come today because I don't want people to know I've not got money. So I used to get really embarrassed with things like that. And like, I've started talking up more. I did mention it to my party the other day. I just I messaged him and said, listen, I'm not being funny. I'd love to come out to you with you, but I'm embarrassed. I've not got money to be coming out and eating out every other weekend yeah. and stuff and that, you know. Um um, I've been currently working with uh, one of my other friends reached out to me called Silky. He's, uh, he raps over house beats and stuff. Yeah. So he's been really helping me. I've been driving him about to shows. So that's been putting uh, some money in my pocket as well. It's really helpful. So do you know what? I'm starting to do a lot better. Yeah, I'm doing a lot better. And I know by next year, certain doors are going to open. Yeah, they will. And I, I know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be doing big things next year, you know? Yeah. Tell me what's going on at the moment for what you've seen the gang warfares around London and all the robberies that are happening because all of a sudden there's this massive spike we've seen over the last year. People on bikes, robbing phones, uh, robbing people and watches, walking down Kensington High Street, there'll be a woman down there. I don't... With a, what, what's, is that just been going on for years or are they, the press have just jumped all over it right now? What's it's, it's been going on for years and I've never... You know, I've never robbed someone before. You know, like... I know it sounds bad, but like... Cash and transits and that, yeah, but I've never robbed someone like yourself mm. walking down the street for your phone or mm. your wallet. I've never ever done it or done it. I don't like burglars. Mm. I've never done a burglary. Um, I don't agree with all these phone snatching that you lot just stop doing that, man. It's proper trampy, stop doing that. I see uh, the other day someone actually got stabbed. Yeah, I saw. You see that? It's, it's actually awful, it? sickening to watch. Yeah. It's sickening to watch. 
um, people need to realize people are losing their lives over these things. And it's not even people that are going to, like there's people going to prison, they're losing yeah. their lives, people are dying. No one's gaining anything from yeah. this. Even with this gang stuff, we're not making money from it. What are we doing, you lot? Yeah. I've not made a penny from being in a gang. Yeah. Uh, many of my friends are doing 30 year sentences. Many of my friends are dead. And I guarantee you every single one of them regrets what they was doing growing up. Just, just don't, don't, don't be too late, man. It's never too late to come out of it and that, you know. Mm. Why do you think you got into a gang? Was it just a thing that you was on this state and there's all your mates and all of a sudden it turns into a gang? Or is it the older boys that you want to follow? Not even, I've never looked up to anyone really. I've never had like someone say, yeah, he's my older sort of thing. Um, I've always been my own person. Um, my estate was, there was a lot of people on there. There's just a lot of people in my estate. And it, it started back in like, I think 2001 with like the ones in Stockwell who we used to have trouble with, have shootouts and that with. Give me an example of a shootout. Mate, uh, there's another occasion. I've I've even forgot to even mention it. Um, what we're on ones with road again, standing there. Some, how, old, how old are you? 25 maybe. Okay. Someone's turned up with a machine gun. And um, I remember them kneeling down in the middle of the road. Dum, 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 dum. I'm standing next to the bouncer. The bouncer's been shot straight away. He's At dead. At the club? Yeah. SW8 bar is called. Yeah, okay. The bouncer's been shot straight away. He's dead. I'm walking over his body. I managed to get back inside the club, jumped over the, the little bar and stuff, hiding there. I think someone else got shot in their leg. He survived. Um, about 20, sh 20 odd shots got let off that day. There still were dent um, in the little um, the little road sign to this day. And that was like 10 years ago now. I've had, I've had quite a few friends like shot in their legs or shot in their hands. And there's an, even on my block, um, I've actually, I was in, I'm in the middle of making a little documentary from around my estate and growing up, but we got a block called uh, Marsh Block. They pulled up, they have a machine gun as well. I remember we was all hiding behind a concrete wall. And I just remember we had a wooden door behind us. I looked, it's just loads of little indents. Doof, doof, doof. No one, luckily no one got hit that day. I think there's just one of them scared shooting ones. If they wanted to get us, they could have come a lot closer mm. and got all of us, mm. you know? And I, what were they doing that for? Just postcodes, postcodes, man. Like that's the question I want to know. I want to know about this postcode thing. Is it, it, it? You know, it's it's rife, isn't it? How can this poke postcode violence stop? Is there any way that you can bring something to the table? So I've been there, done it, got the t-shirt. I'm here now to go. Hold on a minute. This has got to stop, guys, because this is what's going to happen to you. All my pals are half of them are brown bread. The other yeah. half are in Nick. Did no one wins out of this? This this is what's going on. So. I've learned to let go of my ego. I've let that go now. There's things what's happened to me. I'll be like, I've got a bit of my ear missing if you like, haven't noticed. But it, that situation there, I'm letting it go. If I see the fella, it'd be a little nod of the head now. I'm, it's got to come to that stage in life be like, you know what, this is long. I'm actually tired from this. Yeah. And um, I'm at that stage, whereas some of these other people are not at that stage. I was in, when I was in prison, I had a lot of the Brixton ones on my wing. I don't get on with I don't get on with a lot of the Brixton mm. ones. So as soon as I come on the wing, I was a lump. I was just under seventeen stone. Like I've lost a lot of weight since mm. then. And I remember coming on the wing with all my bags and looking up, and I knew their faces straight away. I was like, "Oh, this is going to be mental." Yeah. So I said to the screw, "Where's my cell?" She pointed upstairs. I've gone straight into my cell, put my bags in, and I've come back out. And I've looked at the biggest one. I said, "Do you want to fight me?" And he's he's like, "I'm going to fight you, fam." Doing all of that. Yeah. 
Anyway, it kind of got left there. But as like weeks have gone past now, months have gone past, so it's we had to walk past each other every day. So it started getting to that stage, cool bro, you're right, yeah. And then they started we started borrowing DVDs off each other, sitting in each other's cells, having conversations about the problems we're having. Yeah. And mate, these people just they're just similar to me. I actually got on with it. After six months, I got on with these people. And some of them I can actually call my friends now. Yeah. You know, I've got a couple of them in my in my WhatsApp who I talk to. I check up on it. Are you okay? Like, what are you up to? Trying to steer them away still. Um, so it's got it's just gotta come a time in your life where you just let that ego go mm. and be like, do you know what? I'm tired and leave it there. But it takes a lot for someone to do that. Yeah. I'm 36 years old and I've only just let my ego go yeah. now. I can take a joke. Things what have happened to me in the past, I can just let go now. Let's call it a day. Must feel proud of yourself for that because that's tough. For the, all those years, you would have never let that go. If someone done so, you go, "I'm gonna get, I'll get you back." Yeah, Watch like you back. even the people who shot my bo- brother. Like my brother's alive to this day, breathing. I was in the pub with him yesterday. Had a good drink with him. Had a good laugh. He's a painter decorator now, you know. Yeah. So do you know what? Big up my brother. I'm proud of him. What's man. his name? Tell. Yeah, massive. Tell. Yeah, man. He's work grafting every day, and even the fellas that shot him. Do you know what's crazy? Mm. I don't want them dead. I don't want them in prison. Don't ever do that again. That's all I'd say to them. Yeah. Did you manage to get traveling around the world anywhere? Yeah, I've been like a few places. Uh, obviously, Spain, Tenerife, all the little Canary Islands. Um, one of my favorite holidays was probably Jamaica. And do you know what's crazy? When I, I was out in Jamaica, we went fishing with uh, one of my dad's friends, Rupert. Anyway, we're out in the middle of the sea. There's a truck tire. An inner tube just floating in the middle of the sea. Anyway, I'm thinking, I can't know what this is. We've reeled it in, cut it open. It's filled up with drugs. It's filled up. It's it's only um, cannabis, but there was untold little square boxes. I was like, oh my God. Rupert was happy because I'm not bringing this back on my flight back to London. So we've left it all with Rupert. He's absolutely loaded. Mate, there was about at least 20, 30 little boxes of um, high grade in there. Rupert had a great time. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And we had a great day fishing as well, but I was just gutted. I couldn't bring it back to the UK with me. Do you know what I mean? Oh, unbelievable. That would have been a good earner, wouldn't it? That would have definitely been a good earner, man. <laughs> Rupert had a good time anyway, man. Big up Rupert. Yes, mate. Quality. So I see your good mate Bouncer doing really well since he's come out of Nick. Tell me about what he's up to. Bouncer's smashing it. I'm so proud with what he's doing because we've all been prison together. We've got similar uh, backgrounds growing up. Um, he's doing a lot of stuff on the social media with like um, influencers fighting, he's fighting each other, people from TikTok fighting each other. And he's actually created a massive platform for himself where he's actually getting pay-per-view now. People are actually paying to see these influencers fight each other. I would have loved to have been involved. I've got a dodgy shoulder. Mm. So I would have definitely been involved because me and Bounce, like he's my friend. We used to play fight in jail and um, we've had a few little mess abouts in jail, but he thinks he had me up. You Definitely didn't have me up, Bounce. <laughs> so we've had a little couple little tumbles and he he's comes from like an MMA background, whereas I can I can box. And he used to try and like wrap me and roll, do death rolls on me and everything. <laughs> but um, with what Bounce is doing right now, I'm so proud of him and just keep pushing if you do watch this, mate. Yeah, mate, he's smashing it. We yeah. should get Bounce on here. He'd, I think he'd happily come on here. Quality. Lou, what are your thoughts on the old Bill these days? Do you know what's crazy? I don't mind the old Bill. The way I look at it is they're just doing a job. It's down to us, well, not myself now, to people not get caught because 
If your house gets burgled or your car gets taken, someone nicks your car, you're thrown in the old bill. Mm. So I've never moaned once. I've been nicked many of times by police. I've never moaned once about being arrested. As I know at the end of the day, they're just doing their job. Yeah. You do get cuntish ones. Mm. But they, they've just got a job to do, you know. And um, even in prison, prison staff, I, when they bang me up behind my door, I don't moan. Mm. Like I put myself there, yeah. you know. Yeah. So I've, I shouldn't have a problem with them. Mm. I'm the problem. So I've never, I've never moaned once when I get nicked. And more time, like I will talk to them. You're right, mate. Like, and they'd have a normal conversation with me. Like, Lou, why are you doing this, mate? Because I actually gone with the local police around mm. Batsy. They'd be like, Lou, you're one of the good ones. What are you doing? Yeah. You know. I want to go back to your old man. So a life sentence is 25 years, is it? So a life sentence could be anything. You're. It's up to the. It's up to the parole board when they let you out. Like you got to go through the parole board. Like if he doesn't get this parole, yeah. he'll have to wait another two years for his next one. I think it is how it goes. And and he's on good behaviour. He's on good behaviour because I've got a friend in prison now. He got an. He's on IPP, which is what? What does that mean? It's it's a ridiculous thing what they come out with back in like two thousand or even just before that. It's um it's up to parole board. It's like a life sentence. So he got eight year IPP. He's done. 21 years now and he's still not home but you gave him an eight-year ipp sentence why is he not get why is he not getting off the hook there is he being good inside or not um i'll be honest he's an absolute lunatic okay but he's got his head screwed on now like it's taken him a very long time but um he's got his head screwed on and um i think he was he, he's a muslim but um i think he's very passionate yeah about his religion and he seemed to calm down quite a lot. Mm. I remember I went to visit him in Belmarsh and he spent three years in the block. Three years three in years the block? in the block. So when we had a visit of him, it wasn't a normal visit. We had to go to the block and we're in the little room, me, my pal, my friend here, five screws watching the whole visit over us. No food or drinks or anything like that allowed. He spent three years in that block. He's done 21 years now. What are you going for? I think he stabbed someone six times. Didn't die. Just stabbed him six times. Man, Lou, it's a mad world you've grown up in. It's mad. Like even... it must. Be, is it mad for you now? Looking back, and hold on a minute. I've come out. I've got my girl. I'm not. I'm not in crime anymore. I've let everything go. I've let my ego go. Mm. Is it mad for you to actually stop for the first time? Look back and go. I'm 36 years old now. That's a mad 36 years and I've got nothing to show for it. Nothing. It, that's the... Nothing. Pre- yeah. Nothing, man. Do you know what? I'm trying. I'm trying. I can see. Like, I, I actually, see. I actually yeah. want, want to get into acting. I want, I want to play a little movie role. You know, like them them British films, like yeah. The Business. And yeah, Lockstock. I lo- I, all yeah. them sort of films. <laughs> Even though I've not acted in my life, but I can probably play myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I would love to be part of something like that, you Mate, know? Maybe we can open up some doors for you. Yeah, no, definitely. If there's a little prison role or something like that, I'd, mm. I'd love to be involved with that. Tell me about the little documentary you're doing at the minute. Yeah, so basically, um, it's nearly finished. It's just getting edited now. Um, just t- taking you, you know, I spoke about the shootings. Yeah. Um, so I've just taken to the, where the shootings happened, where like murders have happened. And I'm putting like, got all the articles and that to go with it. Um, got loads of little old school gang pictures when I was on the block doing mm. silly little gang signs and music videos. Um, I've even got my brother to open up. He's never spoke about when he got shot, how he felt, what happened. So he's Five on there for like about talking through, talking us through the event. 
and then we actually sit together and we speak about growing up together and do you know what is me and my brothers never opened up to each other and had this yeah. conversation so when i see my brother on camera talking it kind of brought tears to my eyes like i was thinking come here tell like yeah um so that should be out in a few days once it's uh, all done and dusted looking forward to that but yeah. it's, it's it's a positive thing as well i take i take i take you through a little journey take you through a positive uh, a few positive things what i'm doing now at carney's community with the kids with the boxing um it, i think it should be a good little watch yeah yeah lou i thoroughly enjoyed this episode i really thank you for your honesty and you, you've lived a, a mad a mad 30 odd years here but i can really see in your eyes that you've got a big future ahead of you getting clean coming straight having your daughter living the good life just a couple little tweaks here and there's anything i can do to help you know just have someone to bounce off whatever i'm, I'm here for you Listen, just an invitation to one of these festivals, mate. I'll be well, <laughs> be, be well happy, mate. <laughs> Quality. Lou, where can people find you? Um, yeah, my Instagram's uh, Big Lou Gym Bars. Also, my YouTube is uh, Big Lou Gym Bars. Not much on there at the minute, but there's going to be stuff coming. Um, yeah, so I appreciate a follow. Mate, I appreciate coming down here at the studio, mate. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Thanks for your honesty, and I wish you all the best in the future, mate. I oh, appreciate cool. it, man. Thank Good you, man. man. Thank Cheers, you. Lou. Cheers, Take care, man. fella. Yeah.